Howdy, howdy. My name is Lily from Makecraft Game, and you're listening to Reading Rulebooks. Today, I'm going to be exploring the rulebook for Mansions of Madness. I have not played this game, so we're going to be learning the game together. So let's get into it. The House on the Hill. The moon loomed huge and awful in the sky. Rita was having second thoughts about the whole business, standing there alone under the eyes of the stars. The longer she stood there, looking up at the heavens, the further she saw, and the limitless gulf of infinity widened above her. She looked away, looked at the house, sprawling on the top of the hill. Anything to avoid that awful moon, that impossible sky. The house was not an improvement. Dark and monolithic, a silent sentinel looking down over the Miskatonic River Valley below, over the sleeping city of Arkham, Massachusetts. Its silence was malevolent, and Rita could not believe she had thought she would go inside, missing students or no. Art thou not, fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? The voice came from down the hill, pitched to carry, and Rita could see York approaching, a lantern glowing in one hand. Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation, proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain. She stepped out from where she lurked under an apple tree, waving. She had never been so happy to see the loony old man in her life. What, she said, is Horatio there? A piece of him, York answered. He flourished a bow. Enter the grave digger, stage right. Is our company assembled? Just you and me so far, York. She looked back up at the hill at the evil house. Guess no one else is coming. Might as well head home and get some sleep. Screw your courage to the sticking place, my friend. The grey digger clapped her on the shoulder. He smelled of earth, of normal things she could touch and taste. Infinity did not seem so bad. The others will be along directly. He nodded along the lane, and Rita turned. Light stabbed through the darkness, and soon became a pair of headlights, careening and carooming up the street ahead of growling, and, to Rita's eyes, quite an expensive automobile. The car came to a stop and quieted, the lights flickering out. Preston Fairmont stepped out of the driver's side door, followed by an odd-looking old white lady Rita had never seen before. Agatha Crane, she presumed. Now listen, said Fairmount, first to speak as always. I have been having some second thoughts about all this. First of all, it is not at all proper to be bringing a young girl and a... Old lady, suggested Agatha with a grin that Rita decided looked dangerous. Yes, quite. Well, anyway, it is only natural that you would be frightened by such a... If your driving did not frighten me, I do not see how anything inside that house can. Agatha stepped toward Rita and extended one hand. Agatha Crane, parapsychologist, you must be Rita. Yes, m'am, said Rita. And unless I miss my guess, this is William York, our resident thespian. York gave his little bow again. The lady is too kind. The dead are my only audience these days although I could not ask for any more attentive than they. Then we are all here. Let us be about our business. The old lady pulled open the leather satchel in her hand and settled the oddest piece of headgear Rita had ever seen on her soft white curls. 
It was like a jeweler's eyepiece, with extra lenses on delicate wire arms. They pushed through the gate, Fairmont bringing up the rear and complaining. Technically, this is breaking and entering, he said. We have no legal right to be here. If I am caught, it could be incredibly embarrassing for my business associates. I thought you bought the house, murmured Rita. The closer the awful thing grew, the stronger the urge to whisper, as if not to wake it. I tried to buy the house, which is how we found out who owns it now. Yes, but the sale was never completed, because the... Look, really, ought we come back in the morning? A scream cut through the night air from somewhere inside the mansion, and Agatha stomped up the steps to reach for the door handle. No, said Fairmount, tugging at his tie. No, I suppose not. Using this booklet. This Learn to Play booklet is designed to teach new players how to play Mansions of Madness. Players should read this booklet in its entirety before playing their first game. In an effort to teach the game quickly and simply, this booklet omits many rules and game interactions. Questions that arise during gameplay are best answered by the rules reference. The rules reference will not be covered in this episode. Game Overview Mansions of Madness is a cooperative game of investigation and horror inspired by the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. During each game, one to five players explore a location to unravel a mystery. Players must work together to overcome the challenges presented to them by a fully integrated companion app. Mansions of Madness is a cooperative game. All players are on the same team and win or lose the game together. The investigator's ultimate goal is to explore the scenario's map and pieces together with the evidence and clues required to solve the mystery. In addition, investigators need to overcome various challenges, including fending off terrible creatures, befriending non-player characters, and solving puzzles. Components One rules reference, 24 map tiles, 8 investigator cards and matching figures, 40 common item cards, 24 unique item cards, 16 search slash interaction tokens, 16 explore slash site tokens, 22 person tokens, 30 spell cards, 37 condition cards, 4 barricade tokens, 4 secret passage tokens, 18 fire slash darkness tokens, 40 damage cards, 40 horror cards, 8 wall tokens, 4 door tokens, 6 ID tokens, 24 monster tokens and matching figures, 26 clue tokens, 5 dice, 1 first edition conversion kit. Setup Before playing each game, perform the following steps in order. The diagram on page 5 shows an example of these steps. 1. Create card decks. Separate the investor cards from all other cards. They will be used later during setup. Then, separate all other cards into decks by card type. Shuffle the damage and horror decks individually and place them face down within reach of all players. Organize the cards in the common item, unique item, spell, and condition decks alphabetically and place them face down within reach of all players. This will make it easier to find cards when they are needed during the game. 2. Organize map tiles. Gather all map tiles and organize them by tile size. 
This will make it easier to find the tiles when they are needed during the game. 3. Organize monsters. Make sure that each monster figure has its matching token slotted into its base. See Monster Figure Reference on page 22 of the Rules Reference. 4. Create token pools. Separate all tokens into pools by token type. 5. Choose Scenario. Run the Mansions of Madness app and press New Game. Players, as a group, decide which story to play and input their selection in the app. 6. Choose Investigators. Each player chooses an investigator, taking the investigator card and figure for that investigator. Then, input the selected investigator into the app. Hereafter, players will be referred to as investigators. If playing with only a single player, that player chooses two investigators and controls both of them. Unused investigator cards and figures are returned to the game box. 7. Game Starting Possessions Investigators, as a group, gain the specific common items, spells, or other possessions as instructed by the app. These possessions may be distributed among the investigators however they decide. 8. Read Prologue and Reveal Entrance Perform the remaining steps of setup as instructed by the app. A. Read aloud the scenario's prologue as shown by the app. The story's prologue might provide hints about what is to come. B. Place the starting map tile and investigator figures as instructed by the app. C. Place search tokens, explore tokens, and other tokens as instructed by the app. D. Perform any other steps as instructed by the map. When setup is complete, the app will automatically progress to the first round's investigator phase. First game. For their first game, players are recommended to play the Cycle of Eternity scenario. This scenario is shorter and less complex than the other scenarios, making it well-suited for learning the game. Before choosing a scenario, if you own the first edition Mansions of Madness base game and or any of its expansions, you can integrate the components of those products as described by the Conversion Kit Rules insert. Players can play any investigator from the integrated first edition products, and the app can use any of the monsters or map tiles from those products during the game. Playing the game. Mansions of Madness is played over a series of game rounds. Each round consists of two phases that are resolved in the following order. 1. Investigator phase. Investigators perform actions to move around the game board, explore their surroundings, and attack monsters. 2. Mythos Phase The app indicates monster actions and generates mythos effects. These effects might spawn monsters or raise other challenges that investigators will need to overcome. After the Mythos Phase each round, investigators start a new round beginning with the Investigator Phase. Players continue resolving game rounds until they have won or lost the game. These phases are described in detail on the following pages and summarized on the last page of the rules reference. Investigator Phase During the investigator phase, each investigator performs up to two actions. Performing actions is the primary way in which investigators move about the game board and interact with their surroundings. The investigators take turns in order of their choice. On an investigator's turn, they perform up to two actions of their choice. 
Then the next investigator takes their turn, and so on, until each investigator has taken a turn. During the investigator phase, investigators can perform the following actions. The detailed rules on these actions are explained in the following sections. Move action. The investigator moves their investigator figure up to two spaces, moving one space at a time from one space to an adjacent space. They cannot move through walls or impassable borders unless an effect specifically allows it. If an investigator attempts to move out of a space that contains a monster, they must first resolve an evade check. We'll talk about evading monsters in a little bit. Explore action. The investigator uses the app to explore an adjacent room. To do so, they tap the explore token that corresponds to the area they want to explore. Then they confirm their action by selecting the explore option. The investigator resolves the effect as instructed by the app. The effect indicates which map tile or tiles to place as well as any search, interact, person, or other tokens. After all tiles and tokens have been placed, the investigator may move into the explored area as instructed by the app. Map Tile Breakdown 1. Space An area of a map tile separated from other spaces by borders, impassable borders, walls, or doors. 2. Border Represented by a solid white or yellow line. Borders divide larger areas into multiple spaces. Investigators and monsters can move through borders. 3. Impassable borders, represented by a white or yellow dashed border. Investigators and monsters cannot move through impassable borders unless an effect specifically allows it. 4. Walls, represented by a brown border. Investigators and monsters cannot move through walls unless an effect specifically allows it. 5. Doors represented by a rectangular gap in the wall. Investigators and monsters can move through doors. 6. Room A group of spaces separated from other rooms by walls, doors, yellow borders, yellow impassable borders, or the edges of the map tiles. Each room has a single name that refers to all spaces in the room as a group. Search Action the investigator uses the app to search for something of interest in their space. To do so, they tap a search token in their space. Then they confirm their action by selecting the search option. The investigator resolves the effect as instructed by the app, which might include a skill test, declared as a skill icon embedded in parentheses, followed by a short narrative. For example, you dig through the dense paperwork cluttering the desk, looking for anything of interest, followed by a parentheses containing an eye symbol, instructs the investigator to test his observation. We'll talk about skill tests in a little bit. Trade action. The investigators may give any number of common items, unique items, or spells to each other investigator in their space and allow those investigators to give the active investigator any number of their possessions. Additionally, 
The active investigator may pick up or drop any number of the common items, unique items, or spells in their space, using the app to perform actions. Performing the explore action, search action, interaction action, and some component actions requires using the app. An investigator may tap any token in the app to inspect it. Doing so does not require an action, and an investigator can inspect a token even if the token is not in their space. An investigator cannot select an option that is preceded by the action icon unless they spend an action to do so. Performing the explore, search, or interact action allows the investigator to select such an option. Interact action. The investigator uses the app to interact with a person or object in their space. To do so, they tap a person or interact token in their space. Then they confirm their action by selecting an option preceded by the action icon. The investigator resolves the effect as instructed by the app, which might include additional decisions or a skill test. Component actions. Some components or effects allow investigators to perform component actions. Component actions are described by the component or effect that allows the investigator to perform that action. Component actions on cards are preceded by the word action in bold and can be performed by the investigator who has that card. Some items allow investigators to perform a component action by using the app. To do this, the investigator opens the inventory by pressing the inventory button in the bottom left corner of the screen and selects the item. Then they confirm their action by selecting an option preceded by the action icon. The investigator resolves the effect as instructed by the app. Attack action. The investigator uses the app to attack a monster. To do this, they select the monster that they want to attack from the monster drawer. Then they press the attack button. The investigator must choose how they want to attack and confirm their action by selecting one of the following options. One, attack with a heavy weapon. Two, attack with a bladed weapon. Three, attack with a firearm. Four, attack with a spell. Or five, attack unarmed. After selecting their attack type, they resolve the effect which often includes a skill test, as instructed by the app. The investigator uses the plus and minus buttons in the monster menu to record the damage the monster has suffered. Selecting a monster. To select a monster, an investigator opens the monster drawer by pressing the monster drawer button. Then they press a monster's icon in the drawer to select it. This will open the monster menu from which an investigator can attack or evade the monster or alter the amount of damage the monster has suffered. An investigator using a weapon or spell with the melee icon can attack only a monster in their space. An investigator using a weapon or spell with the ranged icon can attack any monster within range. The melee icon is symbolized with a dagger. The ranged icon is symbolized with a gun. Range. Some effects such as ranged attacks, horror checks, and monster effects rely on range. The maximum range of these effects is three spaces. Range cannot be counted through walls or doors unless an effect specifically allows it. End of investigator phase.
After all investigators have taken a turn, one of them presses the end phase button in the bottom right corner of the screen to end the investigator phase and proceed to the mythos phase. Attack action example. Carson Sinclair uses the attack action to attack a deep one in his space. He opens the monster drawer by pressing the monster drawer button in the bottom left corner of the screen and selects the deep one. He presses the attack button. Carson decides to attack with his crowbar, a heavy weapon. He selects the attack with a heavy weapon option. The app instructs him to test his strength. He does so by rolling dice equal to the strength value printed on his card. He rolls two success results and one blank result. The test declaration in the app indicates a test difficulty of two, meaning he needs two success results to pass. Having passed the check, Carson causes the deep one to suffer damage equal to his weapon's damage, two, plus the test results, two, as instructed by the app. Finally, Carson records the damage that the Deep One has suffered by using the app. Mythos Phase During the Mythos Phase, the app generates a number of effects to be resolved by the investigators. There are three types of effects that the app can generate. Mythos Events, Monster Activations, and Horror Checks. These effects are described in the following sections. Mythos Events Mythos Events are effects generated by the app during the mythos phase. Mythos events might be related to the specific scenario investigators have chosen or the action the investigators have performed during the round. The investigators resolve the effects as instructed by the app. After all mythos events for the round have been resolved, the app will generate instructions for activating monsters. If there are no monsters on the board, the mythos phase will end automatically instead. Monster Activations The app generates instructions for activating each monster, one at a time. These instructions will describe how to move each monster and how each monster attacks. Investigators resolve the effects as instructed by the app. See the Monster Activation Example diagram on page 11 for more details. After all monsters have activated for the round, the app will instruct the investigators to resolve horror checks. Horror Checks The app instructs each investigator to resolve a horror check against a single monster within range. Each investigator resolves a horror check against the monster within range with the highest horror rating. If an investigator is not within range of any monsters, they do not resolve a horror check. To resolve a horror check against a monster, the investigator selects the monster from the monster drawer and resolves the effect as instructed by the app. After all investigators have finished resolving horror checks, one of them presses the end phase button in the bottom right corner of the screen to end the mythos phase and begin the next round, starting with a new investigator phase. Winning the game. During setup, players select a scenario that determines what the investigators need to do to win the game. However, this objective is hidden from the investigators. During the game, the investigators must unravel the mystery and discover their ultimate goal. The investigators can do so by listening carefully to the scenario's prologue and carefully examining each hint they discover throughout their investigation. After the investigation has progressed enough, the objective will be revealed, giving the investigators one final task to complete the investigation. 
Investigators win the game when the investigation is complete. If the investigators take too long to complete the investigation, the scenario's object might change or become more difficult to accomplish. If the investigators continue to take too long, investigators will lose the game. Monster Activation Example During the Mythos phase, the app opens the monster menu and generates the effect of each monster's activation. 1. The app generates movement instructions for the Deep One and specifies which investigator the Deep One attacks. 2. The investigator follows the app instruction by moving the Deep One toward the nearest investigator. 3. The Deep One attacks the investigator in its space who has suffered the least damage. Agatha selects the monster attacks option, and the app generates the effects of the Deep One's attack. 4. The effect instructs Agatha to test her strength plus one. She does so by rolling dice equal to the strength value printed on her card plus one, three in total. She rolls one success result and two blank results. Unable to reroll dice or convert any other results to successes, she continues to resolve the effect. The effect generated by the app instructs Agatha to suffer two damage negated by the result of her strength test. Agatha's single success negates one damage, but she suffers the remaining one damage. Having completely resolved the effect, Agatha presses the Continue button. The Deep One's activation is complete. Additional Rules This section includes additional rules not previously discussed, including skill tests, cards, features, monsters, and puzzles. Damage and Horror Many game effects cause investigators to suffer damage or horror. When an effect causes an investigator to suffer damage or horror, they draw the top card of the damage or horror deck, respectively. They claim the card face up unless the effect specifies otherwise. Each damage or horror card has one of two traits, resolve immediately or keep face up. When an investigator claims a face up damage or horror with the resolve immediately trait, they immediately resolve its effect, which usually includes flipping the card face down. A damage or horror with the keep face up trait will have a lasting effect for as long as the card remains face up. Wounded. When an investigator has suffered damage, whether face up or face down, equal to their health, the investigator becomes wounded. When an investigator becomes wounded, they gain the wounded condition and discard all of their face-down damage. While wounded, an investigator cannot perform the move action more than once each round. When a wounded investigator has suffered damage equal to their health, that investigator is eliminated. Insane. When an investigator has suffered horror, whether face-up or face-down, equal to their sanity, the investigator becomes insane. When an investigator becomes insane, they gain an insane condition and discard all of their face-down horror cards. They read the back of their insane condition, but they cannot reveal the back of the card to the other investigators. An investigator's insane condition might alter how that investigator wins or loses the game. In such a case, they may want to perform one or more action that they would not otherwise want to perform. See Rarely Used Actions on the last page of the rules reference. 
Each insane condition has a required number of investigators, which is indicated in the bottom right corner on the back of the card. When an investigator gains an insane condition, if the number of investigators is less than the required number of investigators, they discard the card and gain a different copy of the insane condition. If an insane investigator has suffered horror equal to their sanity, that investigator is eliminated. Eliminated. When an investigator is eliminated, they drop all of their possessions in their space and remove their investigator figure from the board. The remaining investigators have a single additional investigator phase to attempt to complete their investigation. At the end of that investigator phase, if the investigators did not complete the investigation, they lose the game. One of them selects the investigator eliminated option from the in-game menu to end the game. Skill Tests A skill test represents a physical, mental, or social challenge an investigator must overcome. Skill tests are declared using their skill icon embedded in parentheses following a short narrative. When an investigator is resolving an effect that includes a skill icon in the test, they must immediately test that skill. To resolve a test, the investigator rolls a number of dice equal to their value in the indicated skill. The number of success results rolled is called the test result. The test declaration might also indicate a modifier, such as a negative one, which causes the investigator to roll more or fewer dice for the skill test. Investigators roll a minimum of one die for each test. For example, you uncover a series of strange cryptic runes carved into the wall, book minus one, instructs the investigator to test their lore, rolling one fewer die than normal. After rolling dice during a test, an investigator may spend a clue to recover a single investigation result to a success result. They may do so multiple times as long as they spend a clue for each they convert. They determine their test result after resolving all conversions. Negating damage and horror. Some effects cause an investigator to suffer multiple damage or horror at the same time, but allow the investigator to resolve a skill test to negate some or all of the damage or horror. To do so, the investigator tests the indicated skill. They prevent one damage or one horror for each success result rolled. Skill test difficulty. Some skill test declarations include a test difficulty embedded in parentheses separated from the skill icon by a semicolon. This number indicates the number of success results required to pass the test. If the investigator does not roll enough successes, they fail the test. For example, the beast charges at you, wing, semicolon 2, instructs the investigator to test their agility with a difficulty of 2. If the investigator rolls two or more successes, they pass the test. Skill Tests in the App Some skill test declaration included in the app instructions require the investigator to input their test result. In such a case, the investigator uses the plus and minus buttons to input their test result. The number of success results required to pass is unknown. However, even if the investigator fails the test, the app remembers how many successes were previously rolled. Future attempts to pass the test will require fewer successes. 
message log. During the game, all messages displayed by the app are recorded in the message log. Players may access the message log at any time by selecting Message Log from the in-game menu. The message log is organized by round and allows the player to reread any messages shown by the app throughout the course of the game. Monsters Monsters represent a parent and eldritch creatures and the cultists and other worshippers of those creatures. Monster Token each monster token includes a number of pieces of game information as described below. 1. Front top right corner. Awareness. A monster's awareness is referenced when an investigator resolves an evade check in a space that contains multiple monsters. Front bottom right corner. Horror rating. A monster's horror rating is referenced when an investigator resolves a horror check within range of multiple monsters. Back bottom right corner. Brawn. A monster's brawn represents its physical prowess and is referenced by various effects. See barricades on page 16. 4. Back center. Abilities and flavor text. A monster's ability, if it has any, are defined on the token's back. A monster's flavor text gives a brief thematic description of the creature's appearance and behaviors. ID tokens. ID tokens are used to mark unique monsters and to differentiate monsters from others of the same type. When a monster is spawned, the app might indicate one of the six ID tokens to be assigned to that monster. An investigator places the specified ID token in the monster figure's base. A monster retains its ID token for as long as it remains in play. Evading Monsters if an investigator in a space containing a monster attempts to leave their space or perform an action other than the attack action or move action, that investigator must first evade the monster. If there are multiple monsters in the investigator's space, they must evade only the monster with the highest awareness. To evade a monster, an investigator selects the monster in their space from the monster drawer. Then, the investigator presses the Evade button and resolves the effect as instructed by the app. After evading a monster, the investigator performs their action as normal unless the effect states that their action is forfeit. If the investigator forfeits their action, they lose their action without resolving any part of its effects. If an investigator forfeits their action while moving, they lose any remaining movement and do not leave their space. See the Evade Check Example diagram on page 15. Items. Common items and unique items represent the various objects the investigators encounter during their investigation. When an investigator gains an item, they claim the card face up, art side face up. Some items have a unique back. An investigator may read the back of an item at any time. Spells. Spells represent the tomes or scrolls containing the knowledge required to harness eldritch powers. When an investigator gains a spell, they claim a random copy of that spell face up, art side face up. An investigator cannot look at the back of a spell until an effect causes the spell to flip. When an investigator casts a spell, the spell's effect instructs the investigator to flip the card. 
When they flip the card, they immediately resolve the effect on its back. This effect typically includes discarding the card and gaining a new copy of that spell. Conditions Conditions represent intangible status effects that alter how an investigator can act. Occasionally, an effect will cause an investigator to gain a condition. For example, become stunned causes the investigator to gain the stunned condition. Evade check example. Agatha Crane wants to move to the search token in the office, but she will need to move away from the deep one to do so. 1. She attempts to move out of the deep one's space, but she must resolve an evade check. 2. She selects the deep one from the monster drawer and presses the evade button. 3. The app generates an effect for her evade check. 4. The effect instructs Agatha to test her agility. She does so by rolling dice equal to the agility value printed on her card. 5. She rolls two investigation results and one blank result. Agatha needs two success results to pass, so she spends two clues to convert both investigation results to successes. 6. Agatha resolves the pass effect as instructed by the app. The deep one suffers one damage. Agatha was not instructed to forfeit her action, so she resolves her action as normal. She moves into the other space of the office. Agatha can now perform the second action of her turn. Because she is no longer in the same space as a monster, she does not need to resolve an evade check. Features Features represent noteworthy furnishings or environmental effects that investigators can interact with or that affect how an investigator can interact with their surroundings. All features are square tokens. Interacting with a feature does not require the app. Barricades A barricade allows an investigator to block a door to prevent monsters from getting through. As an action, an investigator in a space containing a barricade may move the barricade against a door or move the barricade away from the door it blocks. Investigators and monsters cannot move through blocked doors. However, a monster can destroy a barricade that blocks its path. If a monster attempts to move through a blocked door, it rolls a number of dice equal to its brawn. If it rolls two or more success results, the barricade is discarded and the monster moves as normal. Otherwise, the monster does not move. Darkness Darkness hinders an investigator's ability to resolve skill tests and puzzles. An investigator in a space containing darkness cannot spend clues to convert dice results or perform additional puzzle steps. Each investigator in or adjacent to a space containing a light source or fire ignores the effects of darkness. Fire Fire spreads and can damage investigators and monsters. Whenever an investigator moves into a space containing fire or performs an action in a space containing fire, they suffer one face-down damage. Whenever a monster starts its activation in a space containing fire or moves into a space containing fire, it suffers one damage. As an action, an investigator may attempt to extinguish the flames by testing their agility. For each success result they roll, they may discard one fire token from their space or a space they move into if they move as part of their second action or later in the round. At the beginning of each mythos phase, fire spreads.
If one or more spaces contain fire, place one fire token in a space adjacent to a space that contains fire. Secret Passage An investigator or monster in a space containing a secret passage can move to any other space containing a secret passage, as if those spaces were adjacent. Puzzles Occasionally, an investigator will encounter an effect that requires them to resolve a puzzle. Puzzles represent complex logical, magical, or physical challenges the investigators must overcome to complete their investigation. Puzzles are resolved in their entirety using the app. The types of puzzles, slide puzzle, lock puzzle, and code puzzle, are described on pages 17 and 18. Puzzle Steps A puzzle step is a single unit of progress towards solving the puzzle. And the types of puzzle steps the investigator can perform are defined by the type of puzzle they are resolving as indicated by the app. Whenever an effect instructs an investigator to attempt a puzzle, that investigator performs a number of puzzle steps equal to their value in skill indicated by that effect. While attempting a puzzle, an investigator may spend any number of their clues to perform one additional puzzle step for each clue spent. After an investigator has performed all of their allotted puzzle steps, if the puzzle is not solved, they press the close button. The investigator's progress will be saved, so that they or another investigator can continue solving the puzzle at a later time. Solving a puzzle. The app will automatically detect when a puzzle is solved, at which point the investigator who solved the puzzle will continue resolving their action as instructed by the app. Slide puzzle. A slide puzzle is a type of puzzle in which an investigator attempts to assemble an image that has been split into six or more pieces. The pieces of a slide puzzle are displayed in a grid and randomized. As a puzzle step, an investigator can swap any two adjacent pieces by dragging one of them over the other. The puzzle is solved when all pieces of the puzzle are in the correct position and the puzzle's image is properly displayed. Code Puzzle A code puzzle is a type of puzzle in which an investigator attempts to determine a code made of three or more pieces, numbers, or runes. The unique pieces that can make up the code are displayed at the top of the screen. Each piece can be used any number of times. As a puzzle step, investigators can guess the code. They do so by dragging one piece into each of the current guess brackets and selecting guess. After submitting a guess, the investigator will receive information about their guess. The app will mark each incorrect guess with a number of success results and investigation clues. Each success indicates that a single piece of the guess is the correct piece and is correctly positioned within the code. Each investigation result indicates that the guess contains a single correct piece, but that piece is not in the correct position. The puzzle is solved when the investigator guesses the correct code. Lock puzzle. A lock puzzle is a type of puzzle in which an investigator attempts to maneuver pieces into a grid to allow the visually unique goal piece to be removed from the grid. As a puzzle step, an investigator can move any piece by dragging it. A piece can be moved only in the direction of its orientation, vertically or horizontally. However, no two pieces can occupy the same space of the grid, and a piece cannot be moved through other pieces. 
The puzzle is solved when the goal piece is moved to the far right side of the grid. Code puzzle example. Agatha Crane is attempting a code puzzle using her lore. Her lore is five, so she can make five guesses. She inputs the initial guess of one, two, three, which yields one success result and one investigation result. From this, she learns two of the guess number exists in the code, but only one is correctly positioned. Agatha needs more information, so she inputs a second guess of 234. A single investigation result indicates one of the guess numbers exists in the code, but is not correctly positioned. From this, she learns that there is a 1 in the code, but not a 4. She also notes the code contains a 2 or a 3, but not both. She wants to know if the code contains a 2 or a 3, so she inputs a third guess of 222, which yields zero results. She now knows the code contains a 3 and not a 2. Knowing that there is a 1 and a 3, Agatha guesses 135. At last, three investigation results indicate that all three numbers exist in the code, though none of them are correctly positioned. 5. Agatha reviews what she has learned so far. She notices the one in her first guess is in the same position as the one in her most recent guess. This means the one must account for the investigation result from the first set of results, and the three must have been correctly positioned. With the three in the third position, the one must belong in the second position since it does not belong in the first position. This leaves only the first position for the five. Agatha inputs her final guess of 513 and solves the puzzle. What now? Now that you have read this Learn to Play booklet, you are ready to play your first game. As questions arise during the play, consult the rules reference. And that is the rulebook for Mansions of Madness. I'm excited to play this game. I think there's a lot of interesting variables in it. The puzzles are something I'm very interested to see how it's implemented because I have not seen many games that are able to implement that type of puzzle. But then again, this game has a lot more flexibility with the app. That being said, I feel like a lot of sentences in this rulebook ended with resolved by the app or as explained in the app. Um, so it does feel like it very much leans on the app, which I'm very curious to see how that will play out at a table with multiple players. Because if you're on your phone, the app is in front of you, but for everyone else, they can't see it. I almost wonder if a tablet will be easier to play on as it will have more opportunities for more people to see what's going on. So I'm very curious to see how that is reflected well in gameplay. This is one I'm definitely very excited for. I probably will end up doing a video on Mansions of Madness later, so keep an eye out for that after I get a few plays under my belt. I'm excited to see the different scenarios and how the game has modularity because it has all of the different board pieces. There's definitely opportunity for varying scenarios. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, follow MCG on any platform you find me and check out makecraftgame.com for more content. If there is a rulebook you want to hear, leave a comment on this reading rulebooks episode. I hope you have a wonderful day.